I hope that you have all come prepared for an intense erotic experience. Yes, have you? I'm not sure if it's better to have a yes answer or no. <laughs> Those of you who were here for the film this week of the uh, sculpture of Santa Teresa of Bernini, remember that here is a question that is open as to whether she is having a chakra four mystical ecstasy or a chakra two orgasmic experience. And art critics and philosophers and psychoanalysts are actually arguing over this point. To the psychoanalysts like Lacan, naturally, it has to be a chakra two experience. There is no chakra four. That's the modern ideology. And this loss of the transcendent dimension has brought about the loss of the realization that our true relationship to God is an erotic one. But it's the eros of the soul, not of the ego. The soul's deepest desire is to be ravished by God. This is what we mean by surrender. You're literally abandoning your ego self and asking to be filled by God's power, presence, love, bliss. This is the true erotic experience, not the other one at chakra two. That's very minor and disappointing. This one is eternal, liberating brings salvation. But it is very much an ecstasy, the ecstasy, in which you are transported beyond. The experience begins in chakra four, but then literally you are carried upward through the three worlds the world of Brahma, the archetypal world, in which all of the panorama of archetypal meaning is revealed to you. And then God takes you up to the world of Vishnu, the world of light, the supernal light. And there, there are joys that are known only to the angels. And then beyond to the Paramdhamma, the abode of Shiva. the abode that cannot be described. It is the nirguna brahman, the indescribable absolute. It's beyond knowing. But it's the culmination of all of our knowledge and all of our love. And it turns out that knowledge and love are the same. Because to know God is to love God. How could it be otherwise? And in that moment, there is the realization that the meaning of our whole lives is simply to recognize God in everyone, in everything, every being. Beginning with the God that is our own self. The same God, the 
one God. And in the absolute surrender of the ego, the surrender to God in such a way that you don't take the ego back afterwards. You're not unfaithful to God. That's why in the Bible it is said God is a jealous God. It's not jealousy in any ordinary sense. But once you have gone to belong to God, to become one, you can't come back into the ego. That is infidelity, but also stupidity. And so let's have an erotic experience of such completeness, fullness, absoluteness, that there is nothing left of you to return. And then this very illusion itself, this world of samsara, is realized as nirvana, as the kingdom of God, the very expression of God in all of the forms, all of the reflections of beauty. This is the unfoldment of God's power and wisdom and love. And then in the transcendent is the enfoldment back And the two are actually one, as the Buddhists say. Nirvana is samsara. But samsara is not exactly nirvana because only through the realization of God does samsara get realized as nirvana. Nirvana contains samsara within it. But only when the illusory membrane that keeps us in the state of ego consciousness is dissolved in that love experience is the final realization of non-duality attained. And thus is the kingdom of heaven brought to this phenomenal plane. And so this is the erotic experience that everyone longs for and yet that every ego fears. Because to be loyal to the transcendent one means to separate and let go of all the illusory links of the ego. And all of the fantasies and delusion that the ego harbors. And so detachment, dispassion, lack of interest in the other kind of ecstasy, the false ecstasies of chakra two, the desires and fears that lead nowhere, must be let go of to belong to God and bring that joy into one's life fully, always, forever. Because this ecstasy is eternity itself, and so it never ends. It literally is beyond time. And this is your true nature. This is who you are, but they don't teach this anymore in schools, not even in religious schools. That this ultimate ecstasy is available to you here and now. It's your birthright. 
It's your nature. The universe can be considered an emergent property of consciousness. First there is consciousness and the universe emerges out of it and it remains within it so that we are within God consciousness now. But then consciousness emerges as a property of the universe. In the same way that Brahma emerges on a lotus from the navel of Vishnu and then from Brahma comes the Kalpa, the universal time. So consciousness emerges and then gets lost in the world that is emerged out of it and then consciousness emerges out of the world in order to rediscover God and return. And this is the cycle of consciousness. There is a fallenness, an apparent fallenness from God consciousness, the absolute, into the limited that evolves. And then the rise again, the realization in the human soul that we are not actually humans, that that's the illusion, but we are angelic beings, beings of light. And these physical bodies are simply temporary larval stages of the supreme angelic light of which our true bodies are made. And it is with this that we ascend back into oneness with God. And this is the moment in the cyclical time of the Kalpa in which that ascension must take place once more. And that is why we are gathered to return to the supreme home from which we came, which is the mind of God itself. And so it's important not to consider ourselves terrestrial beings. That is the illusion. Nor identify with the history of the particular body that you happen to find yourself functioning through now. You've had so many of them. The body of the physical form is irrelevant. But now is the time to remember and rediscover our angelic nature. And through that, the transcendence even of the angelic into the absolute. But that is the way home. And what is an angel except that ultimate intelligence of God's own heart-mind? Not the limited ego-mind that functions through language, but that functions through immediate intuition, immediate non-dual awareness. And so allow yourself simply to let go of the identifications of the physical and discover the source of consciousness. Who lies behind the eye of language? 
who lies behind the perception of space and time and of mind, of dream, who lies as the ultimate perceiver. That ultimate perceiver turns out to be the Supreme One, who is perceiving his own self in all that had been thought of as an external world. It is recognized as the unfolded, the projected consciousness that contains all of the infinite beauty of the self. But now we pull back from the reflection into the source and that liberates us from our entrapment in form, in matter, in the limited, and we return to the unlimited. In order to redream the dream of this world again, but in its most pristine and perfect form, with no violence, with no instability of climate, with no evil in the world, in that purity of goodness, of God consciousness. The world itself is reborn in our own rebirth as divine beings. So let's give ourselves that gift through the experience of letting go into the ultimate erotic union with the Supreme One. Okay, let's meditate.